I got plenty of calls and texts this week worrying, worrying about my sanity a little bit. And uh, the fact that I've been, oh, a little bit more positive than usual when it comes to the hometown New Orleans Saints. I think people are wondering if I'm okay. Where's Derry Downer? What did y'all do with him? I mean, look, I'm just not the typical hoodad who's going, eh, there's no way they're going to go to Minnesota and win. Maybe they won't win. Maybe they will. Let's talk about it with Larry Holder and see what he thinks. Coming up next on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who are checking in on my sanity. They have not put me in the loony bin just yet. Still waiting. Might come get me any day now. Wife's out of town this week, uh, this weekend. She's on a cruise with her work peeps. So, uh... Maybe they just left me out of the loony bin just for a few days so I can watch the kids. Then they'll put me in there when she comes back. Who knows? Who are you? Who are you? I am Jim Derry. Sports betting writer at the Times McKeon, the advocate, and bet.nola, bet.nola.com. This is Datitude, episode number 188. They let me do 188 of these things. And I'm the crazy one? For a Friday, November the 10th, 2023. Um, look, we're having fun in this show. We're having a lot of fun. It's always more fun when the Saints win. Now, I told you this, I don't know, I remember whether it was earlier in the week or last week. More people listen when the Saints lose for some unknown reason. We have masochists here in this town. It's proven by what I said in the open. There is no, look, I, I think I told you this early in the week as well. I can't remember whether it was on this show or another show, but... My son walks in the other night, stuffed, my, my son says, Saints are going to get their ass kicked. Josh Dobbs is great. Give me a break. I mean, that's, but he represents, he, he represents Joe Q. Houdat. Joe Q. Thibodeau Houdat. I mean, that, that's what Saints fans do. They just expect their, t- oh, no, things are going too great. No way they're going to win. Dennis Allen sucks. Derek Carr sucks. Everybody sucks. The defense, now the defense sucks. They're ranked seventh in the NFL. Now the defense sucks. I mean, so, I mean, people can't stand prosperity. Why is that? Is that, that's some innate thing. And I, I, it's definitely, maybe it's like that in other cities. I don't know. I mean, anybody listens to the show and obviously I'm the yattiest of yats. I mean, I'm like, you know, Buddy D reincarnated or something. I don't know what's going on here. But I'm New Orleans through and through. So maybe it's like that in other towns, and this is the only, and what I see here, maybe it's not as bad elsewhere, or maybe it's worse. I don't know. But it's been like that my whole life. Since I grew growing up, it was this way. You know how the Saints could have a 14-point lead 
And every time they, they'll start to stink a little bit, and you know, oh, here it comes, here it comes. And 80% of the time they probably win, maybe more than 80%. But the 20% of the time they lose, every single time, every time they get, I could feel it, I told you, I told you, I told you, Larry, they were going to lose. Whatever. It's not, it's not always like that. I mean, I'm down, too. I get on them, too. But I also like to call them the way I said, why can't we just enjoy what we have when we have it? I said this on Final Bet last night. What is wrong with people? Why can't you just enjoy the wins? They've won two in a row. I mean, it's like Lou Brown said. All right, you guys, let's listen up. We won a game yesterday. If we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. So let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. I got a feeling things are about to turn around for us. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> that's from Major League Two, by the way. Um, good old Lou Brown. Nobody got jacked up in that clip. They were like, yeah, whatever. That's kind of how the Saints fans are right now. Whatever, whatever. They went two in a row. Who cares? They went three in a row. It's not just a winning streak. You go into the bye week at six and four and with at least a one-game lead on the Atlanta Falcons. Does that mean anything to you? I mean, they're in a crappy division, Derry. I mean, who cares? They're, you take advantage of what you have. It doesn't matter if you're in a crappy division. Whatever it is, if you win this division, you're going to get, at the bare minimum, the four seed in the NFL play, or, yeah, the four seed. No. Yeah, the four seed. Whatever it is. What am I? I don't know. I'm an I'm old man brain fart. Four seed. And you go to the playoffs and you have a home game. And probably play the Dallas Cowboys and Good night, Irene. That's how it ended. But hey, even if that happens, so what? It's better than what's been here the past two years, and that's nothing. This team and the fan base is used to making the playoffs. Sean Payton's gone. Drew Brees is gone. It doesn't mean that they can't be good again at some point. Is it what this team was when they were going 12-4 and four and 13-3 and three every year? Of course not. But, I mean... Will they be that way again one day? Maybe. But, and that's not the team that this is right now. This team, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm probably going to say it multiple times the last eight weeks of the season, nine weeks of the regular season, whatever it is. This team is exactly what we expected them to be. I don't know why anyone expects any different. I just, I just don't get it. And, and look, I'm serious. Enjoy what you got because next year you want Derrida Downer to come back. Um, next year could be completely different. They could be crappy. Like, really could because this salary cap thing ain't getting better next year. It might get better in 2025, but it ain't getting better next year. So enjoy it while it lasts. We're going to get into it. Larry Holder of The Athletic, as he is every Friday, is here with me to talk about it, we're going to preview Saints-Vikings, get his thoughts. Um, he no longer covers just the Saints. He covers the entire NFL for the Athletic. But uh, he is going. He definitely has some thoughts as he broke, broke down this game, breaks down this game, whatever. He's already broken it down. 
he will break it down again. How about that? Um, before we get to Larry, though, I got to ask y'all a question. I need some help. I need someone to, uh, to help me out here. I need, a, I need a question. I got a question because this kind of goes with my checking in on my san- and the checking in on my sanity, sanity department. My wife always makes fun of me because I'll listen to Christmas music in like, I don't know, every now and then June or July, I'll just turn on a random Christmas song or two. And I like, I want to put out the Christmas decorations now. I mean, I don't want to be the first one in the block to do it, so I haven't done it. But I did order, uh, we got some new blow-up things for the yard. Um, we, we like to do it Grinch-themed, so we have some new Grinch-themed blow-ups. The kids love them. And the lights, the Christmas lights that I've used like the past four years finally crapped out on me and died, and I had to buy some new ones. Did all that. Everything's here. They're in the box, ready to go. I'm just waiting for the first person to put their Christmas lights up so I'm not the first one and look like, what is wrong with that guy? Um, That's the only thing I'm waiting for. But for the past two weeks, and I'm talking like before Halloween, like right before Halloween, if you have Sirius XM, you can pretty much listen to Christmas music whenever you want, or you can listen to it on Apple Music, whatever. Um, And so I find it soothing when I'm working, and obviously not doing a recording, I don't have it on in the background, but I'll listen to Christmas music a lot from like the end of October through New Year's. I always get a little sad when Christmas is over. I'm not a big fan of New Year's, okay? I know, look, people who know me will say, what are you talking about? You're like the fireworks, die hard, blow hard, whatever. I just, I don't like, I'm not a fan of the month of January. Other than football, I don't like starting a new year. You know, people don't like change. I'm one of the ones who don't love change. I'm old, whatever it is, what it is. So I think that's why I've never been a fan of, like, going into a new year. I like New Year's Eve. I enjoy the celebration of New Year's Eve. But it's kind of sad that the year's over. You know, you start thinking about whatever you want, mortality, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's why, to me, as the year goes on. So I try to enjoy, make Christmas like this long thing. And I find listening to Christmas music, music, not music, I find listening to Christmas music is soothing. Am I crazy for that? JDarryAtTheAdvocate.com. I've gotten uh, quite a few emails from y'all over the past few weeks. I appreciate that. We've got more and more comments as people take notice and interest in the show. We've been on for over two years now. Um, and however you found me, you can also let me know how you found us, JDarryAtTheAdvocate.com. Um, uh, we're definitely growing. It's it's maybe slower than I would have hoped for. We got to a certain point way faster than I thought and then just kind of stayed there. But for some reason, the past six, eight weeks, I think it was me getting really pissed off at the Jacksonville loss. People found us. But uh, you want to know who I am? That's who I am. I'm a yad who likes to listen to Christmas music at the end of October. And I listen to it when I'm, when I'm typing up my NFL picks. My NFL picks column I've been doing for... I think this is the ninth year I've been doing it. When I'm typing that up, more times than not, I have Christmas music on in the background. Does that make me crazy? Or does being positive right now after I was super pissy negative a few weeks ago, does that make me crazy? Maybe it just makes me bipolar. I don't know. But I I, I feel confident in this team because I like what I've seen. I'm not one of these guys that's just going to say, 
because everybody else is saying that Dennis Allen sucks. <clears throat> he may prove to be gone soon, but I don't think he's going to be. I think he's going to be around for a while. I don't think Pete Carmichael's long for this team. Again, a guy that I don't think wanted this job in the first place. But I think Dennis Allen has shown that he can be better as a head coach. The Saints have a chance, and I say this with Lowry coming up, if they win this game and go to 6-4, and four, I don't care who you play. It doesn't matter who you play. Don't tell me, oh, that's because they played a crappy schedule. Well, last year they played a super tough schedule. You give them any credit for that? No, you don't. So if they win this game on Sunday, not only will it be three in a row, just the second three-game win streak since Sean Payton left, but they will be 6-4, and four, which is the latest the Saints will be two games above 500 since Drew Brees in his final season. They have a chance to do something they haven't done in three years. It's significant. I think winning this game and going into the bye, potentially, with a three-game winning streak, changes the way you think. When you go and you have a few days off and you're feeling pumped up about yourself and you come back, you're going to be way more excited to come back. It matters. When the Saints come back, they get Atlanta right off the bat on the road. Then they come home for a three-game home stretch, and it starts with the Detroit Lions, who some think are a underdog Super Bowl contender. I think they're crazy. But hey, why not? They're better than the Saints. There's no question about that. But the Saints will get a chance to go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. That might be one of the big games of that week. If the Saints can win this week, go on a bye, come back, and win at Atlanta, and then go into the Detroit game at 7-4, and four, a distinct possibility. That dome will be a lot different than the dome I saw last week against the Chicago Bears, which was flat-out utterly embarrassing. That's not a Saints crowd. That wasn't a Houdat crowd. Look, Houdats, don't be a Houdat when it's good to be a Houdat. You're either a Houdat for life or you don't pick and choose. Oh, I hate this team, blah, 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 blah. The team is who they are. And if you don't want to support them any, anymore, fine. But don't come back when they're good again. Don't come back when, they're, when, they, got, uh, when they have a different coach Whenever they have a great quarterback, blah, 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 you think is a great quarterback. I don't understand the hate for certain people. They hated Jameis Winston. Now they hate Derek Carr. Can't stand Dennis Allen. They hate this, they hate that. What about the things you love? What about just seeing that jersey, that uniform, being in that dome? Look, I know it's more expensive to go. I get it. If you can't afford to go, that's one thing. That doesn't mean you're not watching them every Sunday. I mean, a true diehard is the one that was watching that Carolina game last year when they were 7-9. and nine. Had absolutely nothing to play for. And it was a snooze fest and an awful game, and they lost 10-7. to seven. But if you watch that game from start to finish, you're a diehard. You're a real fan. If you watched 17 Saints games last year, 
or watched them all unless you had something that was way more important to do. I get it. You have to go to work. You have to do whatever. Your kids get, you have to go to the urgent care. You got a major family function that you'll get disowned if you don't go to. I get it. You can't go to everything. You can't watch every one of them. But if you watched every Saints game you possibly could last year and into this year, even if you don't like Dennis Allen, even if you don't like Dennis Carr, you don't have to like him to be a fan. But don't not watch him because you don't like Dennis Allen or you don't like Derek Carr, you don't like this, you don't like that. You don't give the ball to Taysom Hill enough. Yeah, they don't. They're starting to now. They've dumbed down the playbook. I keep using that phrase, dumbed down the playbook. But it's working. Will it work again? We'll see. I hate Anders Pete. He's playing left tackle now. He's doing a lot better. Can't believe they gave him all that money. Yeah, well, it's working. Enjoy it while it works because you don't know when things are going to change. And you know what? Maybe they will suck by the end of the year. Maybe Derry's dime will be depressing as hell for Christmas. Maybe I'm listening to Christmas music now, and by December the 10th, I'm like, bah humbug, piss on Christmas. Maybe. Maybe I am bipolar. Maybe I'm nuts. But I know what? One thing, not just because it's my job, even if it's not my job by the end of next week, if somebody says, you can't do this anymore, still going to watch the Saints next week. Well, not next week because they're on a bye. But when they play Atlanta... Whether it's my job or not. Call me crazy. Call me nuts. JDarryTheAdvocate.com. Get your thoughts. Whatever you want to say. I'm all ears. And I told Larry in this thing, you know, I've been a little bit, um, a little bit curt, I guess is the right word. I know West Bankers don't use words like that, but I, I'm using one here. Maybe a little bit curt with some of my uh, reader, uh, watchers and listeners. You know, I, I don't know. I've had some really silly, silly comments from people that are just completely unrealistic. There are so many people out there that in August think the Saints are going to be 15 and th- 3 or, what, at 14 and 3? And then the same people who think that now the Saints are going to go, I don't know, were they 5 and 4 right now? Oh, they think they'll go 7 and 10 again. And someone in the show thinks they're going to go 7 and 10. I didn't show all of it. I showed one of his comments, and then we moved on. That's the same guy that I'm sure before the season started, or at least before last season started, thought the Saints were going to the Super Bowl. Magic carpet fever. So you call me bipolar. I call him the way that I see it. Let's see how Larry Holder sees it. It's an interesting perspective. Great breakdown in this game. This is one of the great... I love Larry because he dives in and he, he's going through film and gives you some of the intricacies you don't get elsewhere. This is a, a little bit longer than usual that we talk about this game, but some of the things he gets to into, and we get into it right off the bat, I think here are wonderful. We'll catch you on the other side after Larry gives his spiel. Can the Saints seize momentum, Larry Holder? Can they ride into their bye week with a three-game winning streak? If you look at last week, you still don't know. Uh, they should have ridden, what, five turnovers and won by 20, and they barely won. So I think that's that's the hesitation that 
you have, that I have, that Saints fan has. Uh, can they put together some consistency? And it's funny, I uh, went back to the go see, oh, you know, when's the last time the Saints had a three-game winning streak? And it was nice late last season, but it was when they were out of it. So whatever, who cares? Like, it, you know, it's still uh, – their consistency is still in question uh, going into this week. And, I, look, I thought that they would be able to put more of uh, of an offensive output together last week. Didn't happen as much, but they won, which was more than what Carolina did against the Bears last night. So, hey, look, the Saints have every opportunity to go win this game, get to six and four, get to the bye week, build some momentum. And the Vikings, we know they're missing pieces everywhere, but as all you got to do is look at that spread and say, all right, it's look, it's this is not going to be some blowout game. You got to take the Vikings pretty seriously, even though the Saints are favored on the road. Never even asked you how you were doing. We just jumped right into it. How are you doing? Look, hey, I'm, I'm doing great midway through the season, man. I mean, you're uh, we've actually turned the corner. We're, we're in, we're, I guess we're officially into the second half now, officially because of the. The Titans, uh, not the actual team, but the Titans of the NFL, the Bears and Panthers, last night in grand fashion. I mean, just- that is one heck of a way to start off week number ten. <laughs> I mean, you know, I can't think of a better way. I mean, you look at the Panthers; there they are at the bottom of the NFC South. They surprised me at one and eight. We'll talk about them maybe a little bit later, but yeah, I had uh, three three basketball games to broadcast. We started our high school broadcasting uh, this week on VSN and. Um, did three basketball games when I got in the car. There were three minutes left in the fourth quarter. I'm like, hmm, I didn't miss anything. <laughs> right. My son, it's funny you say that because my son had basketball practice uh, 11 and 12s. And so, yeah, I, did, I was like, I don't feel like I missed much of anything uh, and didn't even bother to turn it on. Uh, look, I got home and I was watching the Big Brother season finale. So, hey. What, what, oh, man. First Big Brother season I've missed in about 12 years. I just couldn't get into it. Started late and ended late. Couldn't get into it. So, But it's on DVR if everyone want to watch it. All right, look. Uh, you brought up the spread. I found that interesting because the spread has actually moved a little bit. It went from – it was two and a half all week long. Six or two and a half point favorites. And last yesterday before we did our Bayou Bet Show, it went to three, but like for a very brief moment, and then went right back to two and a half. So all the betters needed to bet on Minnesota was it for to go to three for just a little bit of time, went back to two and a half. I think this is a pretty evenly split game as far as betters go and who they're taking. Well, I don't know how that roles in terms of bet who betters are taking, but I do think this is an even matchup. I mean, I, you know, it, it's something that, uh, the Saints, they do some things much better than the Vikings. And it, it's it, the biggest thing going into this game is everyone's going to focus on uh, takeaways and right. overs. And that is a huge advantage for the Saints. So the fact that they have that, uh, it, they, they've got to be able to take advantage of that. And uh, even when. Kirk Cousins with the quarterback, it wasn't necessarily, and look, the Saints have been intercepting the ball left and right, which they haven't been doing, you know, they weren't doing last year, totally different this year. Uh, but it wasn't necessarily Kirk Cousins throwing picks. It was basically just the, uh, the Vikings not holding on to the football. Uh, right. Kirk Cousins was involved in that because of sack fumbles, but uh, left and right, people were losing fumbles all over the place. Uh, and so the Vikings, you know, have given the ball away 
uh, almost as much as any team in the NFL, and the Saints have are tied for first with takeaways. So uh, that's, to me, a huge factor that everyone's going to be focusing on. But, yeah, look, uh, the Vikings, they're feeling good about themselves. Uh, Josh Dobbs, I know we're going to go into this more, but he actually wasn't playing too poorly with uh, with, with, with the Cardinals. Uh, I like how, the, how you had to form that. He wasn't playing too poorly. Like, I mean, we expected him to be a flat-out bum. I mean, you know. For sure, with Arizona. Yeah, that team was so bad. He kept them in games. And actually, like, I have a midseason quarterback outlook uh, where it chops it from weeks one to four and then weeks five to nine. And Josh Dobbs, in uh, in one of the metrics that I use, uh, EPA per dropback, which is expected points added per dropback. Uh, and he was a top ten guy. Really? Yeah, even though. Like he was putting them, he had them in position to score and, and that sort of thing. Uh, but in one game, like it was miraculous that the Giants came back and won. Otherwise, the Cardinals would have won that game. And Josh Dobbs had a good game that week. Uh, but then weeks five through nine, it fell off totally off a cliff. Like it was a, a you could tell, all right, he's Josh Dobbs and he plays for the Cardinals. Yeah. But he's in a better spot now. Like I, even though the Vikings are missing pieces, uh, coaching wise, uh, you know, like he's in a better spot. And uh, so that's why I do not sleep on his Vikings team uh, at all. As we go along here, I'll be on for about another 25 to 30 minutes talking mostly about the Saints. We will wrap up the show with our three best games of the week, what we think of the, well, I guess what I think of the three best games of the week. And I will ask Larry for his prediction on those games. We'll talk about them at the end of the show. If you want to leave your comments or you have a question for Larry, feel free to drop them in if you're watching on YouTube or if you're watching on Facebook, and I'll be glad to show you know, I, I've turned a new leaf, Larry. I, I've been kind of, I don't know, over the top kind of mean to people. I, I, I guess mean's the right word. I don't know. I, I, I probably said some things to, to, to watchers and listeners that may be over the top a little bit. But, but it's only because of comments like this. And I'm going to be nice to Troy Thibodeau. Derek Carr is so bad. Where does he fit, figure in your, your metrics? Because I'm, I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm just going to show him, and I'm just going to maybe I'll roll my eyes a little bit. I'm not going to say anything. I'm turning over a new leaf. But to You're say Derek Carr, over a new leaf, huh? but to say Derek Carr is so bad is. It's not accurate. I can tell you. There you go. Not accurate. That is, well, not, well, that is not accurate. I'll, I'll just tell you in, in my midseason outlook. Uh, Middle of the road, number sixteen. So, and that's uh, uh, look, that's that's in terms of the EPA per dropback. Uh, and I'll look. I'll just put it to you this way: in the last five weeks, in, in some of the metrics that I use, he would rank fourteenth in EPA per dropback, and he's eleventh in passer rating. So, a little, a little he, above middle of the road. A little above middle of the road, which, and how many times have, have I told you, and I don't even know how many times I've said it, Derek Carr's ceiling is like top 10, like top 12. Like, that's his ceiling. So he's about what what I would expect. He's not so bad, but he's not top-level quarterback, and that's what they're having. And so, look, I think that's that's part of why you see, you know, the offense isn't always putting up tons of points. And – Probably why, and it uh, goes back to our uh, our Taysom Hill debates, like probably why the Saints are compelled to, to play Taysom Hill because he can move the offense more regularly with him in the game running the football. Uh, than 18 and 1. 18 and 1 when, they, when he gets uh, eight or more carries in a game. 
lifetime. Just saying. Well, if they ran against a good, if he was running against a good run defense, and he run, I mean, if he runs seven times and got seven yards, what that that. How, how many? The Bears actually have a good run defense. They yeah. were th- they're third in the NFL in run defense, and they, he still was able to do what he does. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Like if, like again, if it works, do it. But don't yeah. do it just to do it for that stat like that. I don't disagree with that at all. I, I that's not what I'm saying. I I, I agree with you there. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to pronounce your first name, so I'm just going to say Mr. Juday says, we better beat the damn Vikings or we aren't going anywhere. I mean, I don't think you could call this a must win, Larry. I mean, not. it's no not, a must, not in this division. You got a one-game lead over a bad Falcons team who are only a point-and-a-half favorite over the lowly, super lowly Cardinals. I don't care if Kyler Murray – I said this the other day. I don't care if Kyler Murray's playing. I don't care if Carson Palmer's playing. I don't care if Kurt Warner's playing. Pick any Cardinals, former Cardinals quarterback Jake you want. Jake Plummer, Neil Lomax. Jake, Let's there go. you go. There you're going way back. Neil Lomax. Boy, that's that's going way back in the time machine. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. The Carters are not a good football team, but yet the Falcons are only a point and a half favorite. So you can't say this is a must win for the Saints because really, if they go eight and nine, they're probably going to win this division. Uh, we, uh, I'll just reference back to another midseason piece we did that uh, – uh, yeah, I had the Saints going nine and eight and winning the division. And my explanation is they're going to do this, and Saints fans are going to still feel like it's uh, that they can't trust Dennis Allen, and they they were good enough that they have, they're going to have to stick with him and ride with him. And that's why this is not a must win. I mean, it's not. No, uh, look, the, the division can lose out every week, so it's not it's not a must win. I mean, that it's a it's a it's a win that you want to have to right. see. All right, build some momentum and. What if Kyler Murray comes out and, and and they beat Atlanta? So the Falcons go four and six, and you're six and four if you're the Saints. Yeah, you, it gives you some cushion. Like, so that's must. No, no, this, no, no. This is a, must wins not going to be to like yeah. the end of the season because this division is so mediocre and stacked up. Like, no, there's no. What, no, what this game? Win, no. What this game is, and we said, I mean, I think we we both said a few weeks ago, like the Saints need to go in their bye at the bare minimum five and five. And so yeah. they're, they're going to do that one way or the other. But I think what this game would do is what I, what I heard from the locker room and what I heard from Dennis Allen this past week, and I, I've said this, I think he's really started to, I hate to use the word mature because we're the same age and we're both old. Uh, so I, I think he started to grow up a little bit as a head coach and start to realize what you're supposed to do and how to handle these sorts of situations. I like the way he's handling press conferences better, the things he's saying. Uh, I guess that's easier said than done when you're winning. But uh, I get a feel that this team is ready to take the next step. I don't think by any means they're one of the top-tier teams in the NFC. But I think they're clearly the best team in this division. And I think winning this game and riding momentum into their bye week could maybe change the mindset of them just a little bit. Oh, I agree. I definitely feel like this team, uh, this can springboard them to win more games. And here's the thing, like they can go win after the bye week and, and go on a little bit of run, but still it, it's, it's not against the best teams in the NFL. So that's the thing, like you're going to go in with yeah. guarded, uh, kind of a guarded sense, even if they start winning games, but I do feel like, well, they don't play anybody all year long except the Lions. So, I mean, pretty much right. And so, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you get, you're basically, uh, I'm not comparing them to the dolphins, but look, the dolphins sure. have a good record and they've lost to every good team they've played. Yeah, I think that's a good week, comparison. Including including last week, which uh, I, I remember all through. How many games did we differ on that one? All I know is I just I 
I chalked up wins on every one of them. I just wanted to tell you that. Um, we differed on. I don't remember. I have to, you know Cowboys. What? You picked the Cowboys. I did right? pick the Cowboys. And yeah, you that, picked the Bills. That was a hose job. And you by picked the, way. the Bills. Yeah, the Bills just they weren't. That was just flat out wrong. That pick was flat out wrong. There's no question about that. Mark, uh, he was saying this on Bayou Bets yesterday. Mark Satanovich, who is the Vikings starting quarterback? He thought it was Nick Mullins. No, it's not Nick Mullins. It's Josh Dobbs. They traded for Josh Dobbs for a reason. Nick Mullins is out of there. Right. He's on IR. Like, he's yeah. not. There's a reason why they, they went and got Josh Dobbs. And that for the Vikings, I think that was a really good trade. I'm sure. Here's the thing. Like, I'm sure the Vikings are looking at the same numbers that I looked at. Like, yep. Dobbs had, was was solid to good on a bad team. And that team was just getting worse and worse. And you knew Kyler Murray was coming back. And so I think they made a smart trade. They're probably get anything. What do you mean? They didn't get anything. I got it like a seventh and it's a conditional seventh round draft pick. I mean, the Vikings made a smart. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. The Cardinals. I got nothing. I don't understand it from the Cardinals side at all. I'm just saying like they they saw the writing. That's like, Hey, let's go trade for this guy. Yeah, so I think that's that was a smart move because oh, the, sure. Vikings, the Vikings feel like they can be competitive and and they are in the playoff hunt. I mean, they we're gonna, we're gonna get to Josh Dobbs in a minute because I have some uh, some comments slash questions for you, Larry Hildo, about Josh Dobbs going to this game. We got a few more comments though. Restrictions. There you go. Car between one from yard one to yard eighty, and then put Taysom Hill in in the red zone. Just don't have Taysom throw the ball. I don't, I don't need to see that. I know if there were touchdowns there. It's Frank so, Gifford, man. It's Frank Gifford. Is he, is he married to Kathy Lee? I don't know, but you know how old I felt when it's like we start realizing people don't, most people don't even know who Frank Gifford is anymore because Definitely. we're so old and ancient. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I good agree. Lord. I agree. Hey, we remember when Frank Gifford was on Monday Night Football. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember him playing, but I mean, geez. Well, I mean, of course we don't remember him playing. I mean, but, <laughs> but yeah, Monday Night Football with Frank Gifford. I mean, Good Lord, world. Nathaniel says, we will see a Saints team that plays to the level they're competent. That's the fighting spirit, baby. Get pumped up about this game. Look for a Saints letdown. That's a typical New Orleanian hoot out if I ever heard one. That smells like a Jim Derry. Did you just jump on on an oh, assumed man, game? That's the, are you kidding? Well, oh, here's man. the thing. If you play to the level and then you win by, like, a point, hey, that means you're going to win every game. So, so what? I was on the final bet last night, and uh, Juan Kincaid asked me. He said, uh, asked me what I thought of He was getting on me because I said the Saints were clearly the best team in this division, and we're going to win it easily, and kind of got on me. And he says, where do you rank the Saints among the upper echelon of the NFC? I said, terribly. I mean, they don't rank. They're, they're awful if you could. They, they're going to probably play. They, technically, they would finish as the four seed. Yeah, and they'll probably most <laughs> likely play Dallas in the first round of the playoffs and get their asses kicked. I mean, that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, if you want to be realistic about it, tell it the way that I think about it. Troy's back again. He's, he's trying to convince me. Uh, Troy, I get that they played the easiest schedule in the NFL. We say this almost every week. You don't, you don't apologize for playing crappy teams. This is a once-in-a-lifetime, and I'm not exaggerating. It's probably a once-in-a-lifetime kind of easy schedule, or at least once every two-decade kind of easy schedule. You don't apologize for having 30-second easiest our toughest schedule in the NFL, you play who they give you and you hope you can win them. Right. And if you're a good football team, you should win a lot more than probably you've won right now. Like that's, that's part of it. So, but I, I, it's the saints are, uh, 
I, I would I would have I would have assumed they probably would have had one more win maybe at this point than what they have. But they basically they're the team that I kind of thought they would be going into this season. Struggle on offense, try to get it together, lean on the defense. You, uh, I know it's maddeningly inconsistent, but yeah, that's just kind of what I thought they would be. I've always said this. Uh, you, look, they're at the midpoint. They're five and four. I said the ceiling for wins is ten games, and I still believe that. Like it's it's going. Like I said, it could. I think I the floor is nine. So I don't know that the ceiling. I think the ceiling is eleven, but I don't think they're going to win eleven. But I think the ceiling is eleven. That being said, anyway, here's the best comment I think so far today because I think this is 100% spot on. Terrence is saying the Saints will win if they contain Danell Hunter. I mean, that again, that's easier said than done, but you got to say the offensive line, Larry, has played a lot better the past few weeks. I don't know how you grade those guys out, but I know PFF has them. They've gone from like 31st to somewhere in the neighborhood of 23, 24, and that doesn't sound, that's not great by any means, but it certainly beats where they were. Andrus P coming back. I thought he did a really nice job at left tackle, which was surprising that they even left him there and put James Hurst at guard. So far, they're holding up. Yeah, and uh, who's to, who would have thought that Andres Pete, the fact that he's gotten in there and he's helped them in that spot. I mean, that's to me that that may be one of the biggest surprises. Of the I agree for the Saints, and so and uh, it's funny that Daniil Hunter got brought up because today I, I had another midseason outlook. Uh, and it was all about pass rush. And uh, Daniil Hunter is definitely a bit of an anomaly. And I'll, I'll just put it to you this way. Uh, the uh, I'll, I'll read off uh, how the Vikings are and how Daniil Hunter is. And so in terms of pass pressure percentage in the NFL, the Vikings are 29th. Ooh. They're 13th in sacks with 24 but they blitz the most in the NFL, 31.6%. So they blitz and still That's your don't glorious create, defense. They still don't create a ton of pressure. Now, as for Daniil Hunter, if you're looking at sacks, he leads the NFL. If you're looking at pressure percentage, he is 73rd in the NFL at 11.4%. So he plays a ton of snaps. He's I, I think his snap his Snaps as a pass rusher is, is like fourth in the NFL. So yeah. he plays a ton, uh, but he's not as he, – he the the league average is 10.8%. So he's a little above average in pressure percentage. But just to kind of put in, in perspective, all right, Daniil Hunter is has 11.4% uh, in, in terms of pressure percentage. The top guys in the NFL, like your elite guys – I'm scrolling through my story right now. Micah Parsons, he's third in the NFL, 22%. Trey Hendrickson, 20.3%. Miles Garrett, 19.3%. Rashawn Gary, who's second, who just got freshly paid, 22.1%. So, and yeah, they but with all those, all those guys, Larry, though, that you just mentioned, they have a lot of help is the, it's the difference. Parsons has a lot of help. Hendrickson doesn't. Yeah, I guess not. I guess Garrett not. has he's the main guy, but he doesn't have a ton of help. Now Parsons Browns like, are pretty good. Yeah, but I mean he's been doing it forever. So he's yeah. like he's like same thing with like Max Crosby. I think Max Crosby yeah. is they definitely aren't in it very is thirteenth in pressure percentage. Uh and he really has no help. So that, I mean he's elite. Although a lot of these guys I'm mentioning are elite. But Dallas, like they have four guys in the top twenty two 
And I re- it was like out of 184 pass rushers. Dallas has a ton of guys, uh, you, you know, so, but that's the thing. Like Minnesota, they got one guy. If you could slow him down, the rest of the team, like this is viable. Like he, we, the Saints should be able to have time to throw the football, even though Daniel Hunter's got that big sack number. It's a little more deceiving uh, when, when you kind of dive into it. Larry, trying to compare it to a, a past opponent, would you say that their defense maybe is a little bit like Jacksonville's? I mean, you, you talk about Josh Allen is a lot like Hunter, I think. Um, and he, he doesn't have a lot of help. So, And the Saints, I think, were, you know, even though they lost that game and they didn't do anything in the first half, but they started turning things around, I think that's if they can figure out a way to give some, Pete some help, like Terrence was saying, I, I, I think that's, that's not, a, not, a, not a terrible matchup, something they can handle. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, it's like I said, Daniil Hunter, free agent to be. Look, he wants that, that. Those look the sack numbers. He's going to get paid. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt about it. And he's and he's a very good player. I get that. Uh, but again, he's on the field a lot, so it's the numbers and like a lot of those guys I mentioned. Like uh, they are all on the field a ton too, and, and their pressure rate is much better. Than his, so you you can actually contain him. But it when he gets pressure, he's taking the quarterback down. Like that's that's maybe more of what it says. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna he's, he's gonna get in there, side. right? Yeah, he's, he's gonna, gonna get, get in. Yeah. There. So yeah, it's step, but it's definitely something that you're gonna have to zero in on. This won't be a one sack week, most likely, as the Saints have had for the past few weeks. Restrictions ask, can we say Dennis Allen's career is turning the corner? He has his first winning record. I think the answer is yes to that. But I, you know. That, that goes to the point, something you said earlier about the Saints' three-game winning streak, if they can win this one. Here's another stat for you. If the Saints win this game, they'll be 6-4 and four and two games above 500 for the first time this late in the season since Drew Brees was the quarterback in 2020. So, I mean, I think they are making progress. Again, I know you look at who, who they're playing and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, come on, man. I mean, you, you take it where you can get it. If you can get two games above 500, again, I think it changes the mindset. Oh, absolutely. Look, I feel like even in a win last week, it wasn't the prettiest, but they won. Two-game winning streak. You didn't play your best football, but you still won. Like, I, you, right. know, you didn't play your best football overall because, let's, let's be honest, like, the defense looked kind of like they were on their heels in the first half, and then they cranked it up in the second half. Offense – uh, you know, was stagnant in the second half, seemingly. Special teams, I mean, you, you know, it, it's it, Blake Group, he's missing field goals. You got to be oh. making. So it's, they didn't, yeah. they didn't play anywhere near a complete game, got out and won. And look, and look, Tyson Bagent, uh, or Bagent, whatever, however, whatever, whatever you want to call him. I mean, the Bears have won two games with him, so it's yeah. not. And the Bears almost won a third by almost beating the Saints. So look, that they're, they're yeah. scratching and clawing. So that look, they're they're in games at least in the last few weeks. All right, I'm not sure how to pronounce this uh, name here, but uh, would I be confident to guarantee a playoff spot? Uh, I might be dumb, but I ain't stupid. Uh, no, I'm not guaranteeing a playoff spot. I, I think that the Saints will have a great chance to go to the playoffs. If I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say 80%. I mean, I think they have an 80% chance to win this division. I know that sounds high, but I just don't have any confidence in the Falcons whatsoever, and it's not going to be the Buccaneers. Their, their schedule, besides the fact that I don't think they're any good, the Buccaneers' schedule actually gets tougher. They don't have the super easy schedule like the Saints and Falcons do. 
because they won the division last year. So, I, I mean, you know, that's the last not, time not I guaranteed anything. something yeah. on a NOLA.com airwave, I had to get my head shaved. <laughs> so, I don't think I'm, I'm going to guarantee. I'm going to have to bring the video back of that one. We're getting close to episode number 200, by the way. So when we get there, we may have to bring the crew back again. I don't know. Maybe we'll do that every 100 episodes. I don't know. Every 100. <laughs> every 100 episodes, we're going to have to show it. Uh, hey, yeah, hit the like button. Why not? We, we appreciate it for sure. We love you to do that. And Terrence, thank you. He has been, become a regular on the show. I appreciate the love. Uh, we love you too. Thanks for coming around. I want to get to, uh, before we move on, um, we're going to make our prediction, by the way. We'll each make our Saints prediction at the end of the show. And before we get there, we're going to talk about the NFL Week 10. But before we do that and move on, we never really talked about Josh Dobbs. And my thing about this week with Josh Dobbs is this. Um, and I've said this. Um, I think there's a big difference between standing there, you're in a, inside of a house, it catches on fire, and you get your kids and you drag them out of there, as opposed to, you're 30 yards from your house. Your kids are all outside. Holy crap, my house is on fire, and you got to run in and get the dog. There's a big difference between those two things. Last week was number one. Dobbs was in the house and caught on fire. He got thrown into the fire. This week, he's got a whole week to think about it. The Saints know who they're playing. They know their opponent. They know Josh Dobbs is going to play. It's a little bit different. Well, it's also different in the sense that the Saints defense is – far more potent than the Falcons. I mean, let's, you know, the Falcons, that, that, I think that's part of it too. And so, and also, uh, you, uh, it's, and Arthur Smith look, he's still trying to learn. Like he's, he's lived his NFL life learning. I know he's a smart guy. Everybody's always brings up. It's like when Ryan Fitzpatrick gets in, everybody says he goes to Harvard. It's like <laughs> when, when Josh Dobbs gets in, what, what is he, what do you study aerospace or something? Uh, something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Uh, it was Astrophysics. like, was, I don't know. like an astronaut. Like, yeah. For real. Like yeah. Like a real one. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So he's sharp. Like, like he's smarter than us. <laughs> yes. For sure. Like, like he's super sharp guy, but still, I mean, there's an acclimation period. And so it, it's, uh, you know, he's still getting the feel of things and I get it, but, but, uh, and, Look, it's it. I, I get your logic. Like you could, you could find kind of like the old cliche, lightning in a bottle, whatever. And then, yeah. and then you kind of come back down to earth. And I mean, look, Dobbs actually went through some All of right. that. You're, you're talking about a, in Arizona. You're talking about a guy who's been in the league for eight years, and he's won. Now, I mean, if you want to count last week, it doesn't technically count as a win for him because he didn't start the game. But if you want to give it to him, fine. That would give him two wins in his history. And his career as an NFL starter. I mean, that's oh, I agree. A little bit far. Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying, don't sleep on the guy. Like, you don't need to, like, no. don't don't all of a sudden pull a. Uh, oh gosh, let's uh, let's go back to another Arizona Cardinals quarterback. Let's go back to. Uh, uh, I'm now I'm blanking on the guy's name. The random scrub who beat him like in 2011. It wasn't it wasn't Max Hall? Maybe it was. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, it Max, Max Hall. Something. It was Max something. Max I don't Hall, know. Because I'm, okay. I'm trying to say John Beck, and that's not it. I think Maybe it was Max Hall. Back. It was Max Hall, and you're like, what? So yeah, just don't sleep on him. Like, here's the thing: you have you have a lot of advantages going against this Vikings defense to where uh, look Cam Akers out for the year, so they're gonna have to Robert yeah. Alexander Madison. Hockinson's he hasn't been great. Up. Right, right. Hawkinson's banged up, uh, but going to play. You know, no JJ, no Osborne. You're going to have you're going to zero in on Jordan Addison. Like, 
If I'm Marshawn Lattimore, I'm putting him on him. The left tackle, uh, Darisaw, uh, he's been hurt. Right, he's been banged up too. Yeah, Christian Darisaw, he's been banged up. So, look, you have a lot of things going for you going into this game. But you are on the road. Uh, I, I, look, that I could tell you that place can get rocking. I'm sure Vikings fans are feeling good. Yeah, I'm sure Vikings fans are feeling good going into that game. And so, look, it's certainly something that uh, that you 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 can't just go in and assume a win. I mean, that's, no, I agree. Yeah. I, no, I, I agree with that, but I do think, uh, you know, it's a good matchup for the Saints. I think this is a good spot for the Saints, actually. Again, going to the bye week, I think you're, you're focused. You don't have to think about anything beyond the bye week. Uh, you're looking forward to the bye week, and I think that actually helps your, your mindset. Like, let's just put everything we got into this one, and then we can take a week off or whatever it is. Not going to take a full week off, but you know what I mean. Uh, and, I, and I think going on the road against an opponent, again, that – Whenever you're playing an opponent that got an, a very unlikely win, it's a good spot to play them the next week. And there's no question. I went back and watched the, the Falcons-Vikings game. They had no business winning that game whatsoever. Arthur Smith had to hand them that game on a platter, which he, and Taylor Heineke helped as well with the late pick. But they had to be handed that game on a platter, and they were. Um, so I, I just think this is a great spot for the Saints. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, that, that's and that look, it's might be singing some a different tune if you had all the pieces for the Vikings, but yeah, oh, no doubt they don't. Yeah. So that's that's just what you got to face. I mean, that's and you the see these numbers, you see these numbers on the screen, and we always talk about rankings and adding up the two numbers and putting comparing them against the other one, and that's kind of you get a feel of how they match up. Saints thirteen and seven is twenty, fourteen and eight is twenty two. They're pretty much what and what. But when you're talking about the Vikings being eighth in total offense, that's with Kirk Cousins as quarterback and Justin Jefferson for at least half the season uh, and without all these injuries. So, and, and a healthy Hawkinson. And so, I mean, what are they now? What, what, what number would you put? I don't know. But it's, it certainly wouldn't be eight. They cannot run the football. And no. the same and then number two in the pass. Like that's, and that's Kirk Cousins that's, and that's exactly. JJ and that's all of that. Yeah. And, and, and the Saints have their better, their strength and their defense is their pass defense. We know that, and you talked about it. Uh, the Vikings are turn, uh, prone to give up turnovers, and the Saints are prone to take them. So that's one thing they've been better at. Again, we'll give our final predictions, but I think you see where this is going. All right, I do want to talk about Week 10 in the NFL for just a few minutes, and I have picked three games that I think are the best games of the week. You can debate me and tell me if they aren't, but we're going to talk about them a little bit, and these are my three this week, uh, Larry. Start off with Browns, Ravens. This could be an absolute slugfest. I know that the Ravens are the flavor of the week, and you can tell me whether you think they're the best team in the NFL, but a lot of media experts think this week they're the best team in the NFL. A couple of weeks ago it was San Francisco. A couple of weeks before that it was the, it's been the Eagles, it's been the Cowboys, it's been a lot of teams. But is it the Baltimore Ravens? I would say no. But I do think that uh, that Lamar Jackson is playing much better. And it's not like he has these gigantic numbers, but he's playing much better within this offense than he's played within a Ravens offense in the last few years. Uh, so I, I think you, you've got that going for you. And Baltimore's defense is certainly playing well. Uh, but I don't think they're – I know in our, we have them in our power rankings, number one. But it's, that's a, that's a one-man band. I didn't vote on that, so – 
That's oh, uh, they're a two man band. You can call Roquan Smith, put him in there too. No, I'm just saying that's a one man band who does our power. Oh, up. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> like we don't vote on them. We used to vote on them. Now that's too much. That takes too much. Uh, you know, herding cattle and you know rounding up the cats. No, that's not going to happen. Why don't you say send it in by Tuesday at seven o'clock? It's not that hard. Because people don't do. Oh, come on, Jim. You know better than that. You you have to track down the usual stragglers. But uh, but no. Uh, in terms of this game, I am going upset. I'm going Cleveland because I think this could be a low-scoring game. And, look, Cleveland's got a defense that can contain them. Deshaun Watson's playing a little better. and Quite a lot better. Yeah. Well, it's hard. He's been so bad. Like, yeah. he's, been, he's been a little better. But, no, I'm, like, I'm going straight up Cleveland. I'm picking the upset. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm too chicken to pick the upset straight up, but I do love Cleveland getting six and a half. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me one iota. If you're right here, I think when you get demolished by a division opponent, uh, especially at home that, you know, this team as well as anybody. And Lamar Jackson is best when he's playing teams that don't know how to play him. The Browns know how to play him. I think it's going to be a low scoring slobber knocker kind of game. A 17-13 kind of game. Uh, I don't think either team reaches 20. I think the Ravens win, but again, wouldn't surprise me at all if Cleveland won this game. And I certainly think the Browns cover. So that's where I'm at with that. I, You know what? I hope Larry's right because I want a new flavor of the week next week. It could be San Francisco again. San Francisco going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Three-point favorites on the road. Maybe kind of a slight surprise, but the Niners are getting healthy or at least healthier, uh, Debo Samuel is supposed to come back. Trent Williams, that's no one's really talking about that. To me, that's a way bigger story. He's coming back. Brock Purdy has been pressured a lot more without him in there. And then Christian McCaffrey doing what Christian McCaffrey does. I like the, obviously like the 49ers here. Um, and the, the Jags have just, they're better on the road, kind of like the Saints. Yeah, I'm going 49ers here, uh, and so it, it, with all the reasons you just said, like Brock, Brock Purdy, he's coming. He, look, he's had his toughest three-game stretch of his career, uh, but you're getting Debo back. Like you said, Trent Williams, no question. I don't care if you don't – Debo, whatever. Chase Young, you add him, whatever. You're getting Trent Williams back, that shores up a 100%. heck of a lot of issues that you're going to be having. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that addition alone – would have them, uh, in my eyes, uh, the winner of this game. But, yeah, you add it all up. Uh, I think for, the 49ers kind of can bounce back. I, I am curious to see how well Chase Young plays uh, because, look, their pass rush has not been as great as it should have been. Look, they, and they've gotten – Javon Hargrave was a huge acquisition. He's been fine but not uh, all pro caliber. Right. And it's really just been the Nick Bosa show. Uh, and so I think they need – to kind of beef that thing up. I think Chase Young, Chase Young's having his best year. Press, fast pressure rate. It, 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 everybody talked about his well, he, he He's only played like he's been injured so much. It's not hard to right. have your best year. Right. But no, he's having by far his best numbers, like in terms of pressure rate. Like, so that's, that's a great addition. Uh, and he's like opposite of a guy he knows, uh, Nick Bosa, Ohio State days. So yeah. I think that that could be one of those. It, I'm not going to put it as big as acquiring Christian McCaffrey at the trade deadline, but that could be a bit of a game changer. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I, and I think Jacksonville, if they can, 
they play well, but it's like they they win. It's like not convincingly they win, but it, they're on a roll nonetheless. So look, I'm going. Uh, I'm going 49ers here. I think the Jaguars are basically the AFC's version of the Saints. A little um, better, but maybe that's, a little, that's maybe a tinge better. But they're in a terrible division as well. Uh, they're going to win their division by default. Uh, but when they play somebody good, I just don't see them winning. I mean. I know they can and have, but I just think as they get closer down the stretch, I just don't think they match up well with a team like San Francisco. I, I just don't. I think the Niners win and cover. I think Larry and I agree on that. Okay. Uh, last game on the docket here. I had a tough one with the third one. I was kind of going back and forth between Texans, Bengals, and this one. Um, so before we get to this one, what do you think about Texans, Bengals? I think the Texans are going to be really good. And I get, look, last week was fun. Um, you know, CJ Stroud is obviously better than a lot of people thought, including me 470 yards passing for a rookie is, is fantastic. Even if it's against the bucks, but I just think when they go on the road and they're going to play in the jungle, I think they're in for a rude awakening here. I mentioned him earlier, Trey Hendrickson. He's a difference maker. Uh, that defense is getting better. I think that's a big thing for, for the Bengals too. They're starting to catch momentum. Like they're a team that, we know when they catch momentum, they can keep it going. Yeah, that's, like a Super Bowl contender. Right. That's the difference when uh, when you, you talk about them and maybe some other teams like the Jaguars. Yeah, they won a bunch in a row, but eh, come on. Uh, the Bengals, have, they're starting to get on a roll. Now, the Bengals, offensively, curious to see how, how well Jamar Chase moves. And T. Higgins, of course, he's hurt again. Talk about a guy losing money on the verge of free agency. I mean, he had a great game last week. But he, man, he, if you're a team and, and you think you, if he thinks he's going to get number one receiver money, I, I'm, I would be hesitant as a, as a team trying to buy him. But still, yeah, I think that uh, you, you look at the environment, you look at the, the caliber of team that's been, that they've played, that they're playing against. Yeah, I, I think, look, Shroud might make some plays. I mean, yeah. I, but I, I just think that. Uh, the Bengals, to me, are in a different league. Like I was like I was asked a couple, maybe it was uh, earlier this week uh, on, on an interview I did. Like name my top four teams in the NFL, and I put the Bengals in it. Like I am a huge believer that they're they're moving up, and I'd put them there right now. I bet them uh, about three four weeks ago at plus six fifty to win the division, I means six point five to one, and um, I I think there's a legitimate chance. I was kind of down on them, like against some of the bigger teams, but they proved me wrong. I mean, the last week it was all I needed to see. I mean, they looked like the best team in the NFL last week. It wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bengals sw- ran the table the rest of the way. Well, now the going into this week, Joe Burrow, he, he's like the, he's number five on the MVP odds list. Like he's that's great. Like it's jumped like that. People are uh, people are starting to catch on. Uh, but uh, yeah, in, in some of my analysis, I was beating the drum for the Bengals weeks ago. It's like, all right, look, they're, they can, they're coming. They're coming. Yeah. I was wrong about that. And I thought they would be good, but not great. Uh, I think I'm wrong. I think they can be great. We'll find out. All right. Last game to talk about here in week 10, it's a three Oh five. start. we don't have a whole lot of three Oh five starts that are kind of marquee matchup, but I believe this is going to be, uh, I think this is the top Fox crew. I think, uh, Olsen and, uh, what's his name? Kevin. I don't forget what his name is. Anyway, I think this is the top Fox crew here doing this game. Lions at Chargers. And it seems like everyone in their grandma is betting on the Lions here. I mean, 
But the fact this line has stayed three, the people who have money and know what they're talking about aren't betting on the lines. I'm taking the Chargers only because, to be contrarian, again, Aunt Mabel and Drunk Joe want to bet on the Lions. They think the Lions are that great. I know the Chargers didn't play well against the Jets last week. I get that. And they have a lot of injury issues themselves. But I just think that, uh, again, when everybody's betting one way, I'm going the other. I'm going Lions. I just think that... Uh, the Chargers, they're just they're just as erratic. Here, here's the thing: like when you have a stud quarterback and you're you have bookend defensive ends and you're still erratic. Yeah, I mean, come on, that that's that that, that is more mind-boggling than some of the Saints stuff going on. Which is why Brandon Staley, uh, if oh. they don't make the playoffs, he's fired. He's I mean, that, yeah, it's, you would hope. Yeah, you would hope. Right, you would hope if you were. Uh, like one of eight Chargers fans, uh, but but still, uh, like here's the thing: I bet you Lions fans are there in droves. 100. percent I guarantee you, get out. Yeah, of there'll the be more Lions fans. The than... team's winning, yeah, and go to a new state. Absolutely, like it's going to sound like a Lions well, home game. It's funny because the the some of the sharps that I listen to the podcast, the, the people who you know kind of run with the Lions are. They keep saying, you know, this is going to be like a Lions home game. I hate when they say that because I get there'll be more Lions fans there, but the Lions still have to fly there. They're in the visitors' locker room. The Chargers get to sleep in their own beds. Look, it's not just the fans. That's Look, the Saints last week, there were more Bears fans, I think, than, and I'm not exaggerating. I really think there were more. I can hear it. Yeah. I think there were more Bears fans in the Dome last week. It's embarrassing, honestly. Who that should be embarrassed and ashamed of themselves? I get that you don't like Dennis Allen and some of you don't like Dennis Carr, but it's embarrassing. Support your team like, like you care. And if you don't care, then go feed the pigeons on Sunday. All right, going back, and as we close out the show, as we do every week, Larry and I have pretty much been on the same boat here, except for maybe Lions Chargers, as we just told you. Um, we're going to no, make I our took pr- the Browns. You didn't uh, have the butts. Well, I, I, I'm on your side. I, th- I think you have a good chance <laughs> to be right. I'm not, I'm not completely dissing you. I definitely think they're going right. to cover. Definitely think they're going to cover. Uh, Nathaniel says, what was the turning point when the Lions became better than the Saints? Um, I don't know. I, Beating the got- Green Bay Packers last year was the turning point at the end of the season. And, De- and Jared Goff, uh, in the metrics I tell you, uh, number, he was the number one quarterback from weeks 10 to 18 last yeah. year. That's yeah, well, when we get to week 18 this point year. last year, and then especially the last game last year, that's where it started to turn for the Lions. Jared Goff, don't get me started. <laughs> Not a believer? Not at all. Barry Ulay says 4-4 four and four gets him to 9-7. It's actually 9-8. Just got to beat bad teams. Um, yeah, I mean, you just got to go 4-4 four and four down the stretch. Um, can they do that? I think they're going to go five and three down the stretch. I mean, the Saints, and again, I know, I understand Juan KK tells me this doesn't mean anything, but, and it doesn't really in the grand scheme of things, but the Saints will be favored. As of right now, the Saints are favored to win the rest of their games except for Detroit. And there are only two and a half point underdogs at the moment. So some people are saying, jump on the Lions, jump on the Lions, whatever. I'm just telling you right now, the Saints are favored to win seven of their last eight games. Doesn't mean a whole lot, but that's where we are. But let's focus on this one. We, ha- we got the headline we started the show with. Will the Saints finally seize momentum and ride into their bye on a three-game win streak? What say you, Larry Holder? I say yes. I think they will. Uh, I, like, like I said, I, I, I kind of spelled out some of the reasons throughout the show why I, I think that way. 
Uh, Saints can take the football away. The Vikings give it away. Uh, Daniil Hunter is is a all pro caliber player, but I think he's his numbers aren't as big as maybe what they seem, and their pass rush isn't as good as what it appears. But because of the Daniil Hunter factor, uh, and so I think that the Saints are starting to feel good about themselves, and in, in meaning that they feel confident that they can go out and, and, and put this together. And so I think that that's going to be the difference. I'm going to go Saints 24, Vikings 20. Interesting score because um, I'm fairly close. Um, I, I think the Saints actually make a statement in this game. I think the Saints win by 10-ish. Um, I, I just do. I mean, I think... You know, again, it, it goes back to not so much, but it's not, it's as much the Saints, I think, are getting better as I think the Vikings are, are due for a major, eh, we aren't as good as we thought we were kind of game. Um, yeah, I agree. And uh, I think Josh Dobbs is due for a letdown. Vikings can't run the football, um, so they're going to rely on Dobbs to throw it. And the Vikings are so spread out, th- so thin. At, at receiver, I think that is going to be a big deal. I think the Saints' pass defense is going to come into play. That that seventh ranking is going to look better than seventh. So I think the Saints hold down the Vikings. I don't think they do a whole lot. I love Kevin O'Connell as a coach. I think he's a fantastic coach, and I think the Vikings have a bright future. I just don't. I don't know who their their next quarterback is going to be, uh, but they're going to be tough to beat. Saints haven't played well in Minneapolis. They've only won there twice over the past thirty years. Make it three. I think the Saints win this one. 23 to 13. Larry and I are on the same page, which could be bad news. Although the last time we were on the same page, I think we were right. So I forgot what did you even pick last week? Last week I picked the uh, the Saints to to win and not cover, and I think I was right. Okay, I think uh, I think I you think, picked them to win the and cover. To cover, right? Yeah. So okay. well, at least we got the same guy to to win it. So there yeah. you go. Well, we're pick, We're both picking them to win again. We're rosy sunshine this week. Who knows? That's right. Who knows? That's where we are. Who knows? Thank Larry for coming on to the show as he does every Friday. I think it's going to be after we talked. Uh, I think it's going to be Wednesday. I think so. There will be a Derry's Dime on Monday, and I think uh, on Wednesday, I think we're going to combine Uncle Big Nick and Larry into one show, and then going to take a little mini break. I wouldn't really call it a break. Um, still going to do the other things I'm, I usually do, but I, there won't be a show. I think on Thursday and Friday. Or the following Monday, the Monday before Thanksgiving. I think we're going to take off from uh, after Wednesday until after Thanksgiving, and we'll be back after that. So um, that's where we are. We'll talk more about that next week on Monday. <clears throat> before, as we go out this afternoon or this morning, you're probably, well, most of you are probably listening this afternoon by the time you get this. Um, trying to think, what, what's the outro song? You know, I spent a lot of time earlier talking about Christmas music, and I'm like, you know what? If I've got it in my warped brain, Christmas music, I'm going out with a Christmas song today. I don't care if it's November 10th. I'm going out with a Christmas song. You can take it or you can turn me off right now, pal. No, don't turn me off. If you didn't turn me off yet, don't turn me off yet. I've only got like two minutes left. Um, What Christmas song fits this New Orleans Saints team? And I started thinking about it. Last Christmas... I gave you my heart, but you gave it away the very next day or whatever. That's kind of how you feel, you know? Saints fans kind of, that 
kind of goes in the theme of what Saints fans are feeling. There's a lot of disgruntled Saints fans. What's going on? Just enjoy. Maybe you can't. Maybe you can't forgive Sean Payton for leaving, for Drew Brees for retiring. It's not the same for you anymore. You're giving up. Don't give up yet. Last Christmas, they broke your heart. Even though we're on a little winning streak during Christmas, it was what happened right before Christmas that broke your heart. The loss of Tampa Bay broke your heart. This Christmas, it might be. They might have the division sewn up by Christmas. Don't give up on them yet. We'll see what happens. We will be back on Monday with what I hope is a... Look, there are some weeks where, you know, I hope I'm right, and other weeks I hope I'm wrong. God, I hope I'm right this week. Not only will I have to come back Monday and say, oh, God, they're 5-5, five and five, but I'll have to eat crow and say how wrong I was. Who knows what dairy you're going to get if the Saints lose Sunday. Let's hope they win, and I can... Look, there's one time I want to tell you, hey, I told you everything was right. We're okay. The world's fine. It's this one. We'll see if we get it. LSU, Florida on Saturday. Tulane, Tulsa on Saturday. The Pels, oh, Pels are struggling. We'll get into them more later on in the year. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. We will see you back here on Monday for the dime. Peace and love, my friends. Christmas.